0: First, uh, thanks for coming. I'd like to, uh, first question I have for you is uh, what's your name and uh, what brings you to the UN?
1: Well, my name is Rocky Dawuni. I am a Grammy-nominated musician from Ghana, and also United Nations Goodwill Ambassador for Environment for Africa. So, for the last few years, the General Assembly has been a place that you know. Usually, I'll interrupt my tour, my recording, everything, and then make time to come here. Because I've always believed in the power of art and music to help policymakers to communicate ideas and also inspire, uh, you know, change. So artists have a knack to reach people. And I have been pushing to have a seat on the table for a long time. And this year, especially, we are in a year when, you know, climate change and our changing climate is on the top of the agenda everywhere. So I was invited to attend the climate summit, and then uh, yesterday I also um, appeared and spoke to the leaders who were gathered for the Global Compact Summit, uh, all the world leaders and also uh, business leaders. And then I played a song too for them. And uh, basically, my message was uh, the importance of understanding the moment in history which we are. You know that history is going to look back and see that we had the opportunity. We are the last line of uh, defense and probably the first line of offense. So everybody in the room, regardless of their background, has to know that this is like uh, the Ark of Providence pulled them to that moment. So we all have to make sure that what when we leave there, we live there with a sense of action, because right now what the world needs is action. And we're hearing that in the streets, the youth are getting into the streets, Everybody is understanding that we're faced with something that is bigger than the indi- each individual, and it to take all of us together to make that happen.
0: Great, so you mentioned uh, yesterday you opened up and you performed for the Climate Change Summit. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about your thoughts on climate change and um, you know what we can do to uh, mitigate the effects that it's having on the uh, planet.
1: Well, you know, in every situation, you know, you know, growing up in Ghana, you know, growing up also in the traditional setting, and then growing up also in an indigenous family, that agriculture and farming was a way of life for us. So, I understand the connection of people and communities to the land and the importance of trees and forestry, and importance of seasons when you plant food, and importance of the weather being there to to make sure that your yields are right for for the community to thrive because you have food available. But over the years, I have been observing that a lot of the lands that used to be fertile and grow food, all of them literally have stopped being able to support you know, food growth. The rainfall, places that used to have rainfall patterns used to have certain types of food that used to grow there because of the type of rain and climate that was there. All of them have changed. You know, so with my own eyes, I have been seeing in my own lifetime, like there is a gradual change in the environment and it's been impacting people. And you see like, and you never see it happen till you see how many people move from, this, from the villages to the cities because agriculture is no more yielding anything. They plant their foods, they don't get any crops. So they don't have any livelihood. So they have to move into the cities. So these cities are becoming overpopulated. So I have seen the real evidence of this changing climate and how it's impacting people. And then obviously when we started looking at the data, the data started becoming uh, available the scientific back end started becoming available for us to see on a global level what was happening. We all knew that we have breached a certain, uh, shall I say, a certain wall when it comes to our relationship to the earth and how it was also going to be supporting systems and life in the future. And the evidence has shown that it's also due to human, you know, human influence like our lifestyle carbon you know cars the carbon footprint that we're you know the amount of plastic that we throw in the ocean you know the pollution that is going on the emissions everywhere you know unchecked development you know unchecked greed unchecked pursuit of endless development without any kind of moral or overracking shall I say um uh uh, parameters that will check it, and I feel that right now we're feeling like we're paying the price for it. So what do we do? You know, and I feel that the solution lies in all of us. First of all, everybody from every sector of the human community has to be part of the solution. The solution cannot come from one place because it's a human thing. It's cross borders. It doesn't care, you know, what nationality you're from or what ethnic group you belong. So. I see, first of all, it has to be from policymakers, politicians, businesses, the general public. But every time I've had people come up to me and like, okay, so climate change seems like a very big idea. It looks like there, you know, an idea that the solution, people feel powerless. But I say, no, the power is actually in the hands of people because one of the main ways that we can be able to confront and fight this is by increasing the amount of trees that are on earth because trees themselves are a natural means to filter the earth, create soil health, provide shade from the heat, and I say that provide us food. So all the different aspects of the impact of climate change that we're talking about we have already been given the tools and ability, but we've spent time totally deforesting. So we're at a time when we really need to have more trees to starve this, the influence of climate change, at a time to when deforestation is happening so rampantly around the world. So what we need to do is that everybody has to make it a responsibility to plant a tree. So that's my challenge here. I came, I was like, well, one person one tree, that's the challenge that I'm putting out to the world. So whoever you are, when not you hear my voice loud and clear? What you have to do is that, plant a tree as your personal contribution to the earth, and also as your personal step forward in fighting climate change. And learn to nurture that tree, because that tree will be your legacy when you're long gone on earth, that tree will still be here and will still be providing shade and will still be feeding people and will still be filtering carbon. And when we do that, if we're able to have that mindset, I believe that we'll be able to overcome this challenge.
0: That was a very powerful answer. They will, they will hear you.
1: For Thank sure. you very much.
0: Uh, I have, uh, we have one more question surrounding mental health. Yes. Um, so my question is, What are some of the biggest issues you say we're facing as a society when it relates to mental health? And what are some approaches to alleviate those that are affected?
1: Well, I think, you know, mental health is really a very complex, um, you know, shall I say, it's a very complex situation to have, to, to even diagnose, first of all, and then have like a straightforward fix to it. You know, I think... Mental health sometimes comes from, you know, the environment where, you know, you grow up. It could be from the um, genetic. It could also be, you know, a situation in which you are that the pressures of, but all of us understand that the modern world is full of a lot of pressures. And most of the time, people don't have an opportunity to, to articulate or be able to have conversation for somebody to to lend a sympathetic ear to what is going on inside so most of these emotions that are pressures from you know school achieving you know having a job you know being healthy if you don't have the means or to be able to healthily you know, discuss and find ways of engaging with it. Sometimes those pent up, you know, channels, and channels of not being able to, uh, you know, not able to like communicate those feelings could have certain, uh, shall I say, real world impact that in the long run, you know, will be injurious to your health, the way you engage society, and also your, your general mental states of being, you know. So, the, the, you know, the real world is a pressured world. The modern world is a pressured world. But I feel that if we are able to offer, you know, in communities, an opportunity for people to speak up, outlets, it doesn't matter what you have to say. It's an outlet for you to tell how you feel without nobody judging you to not be afraid to say what you're going through you know because sometimes even it's, it becomes even a gender issue you know There's because you know young men are taught to be hardcore you know like if you're feeling something you got to be a man you know you do, you know you got to be but you know sometimes being a man is also discussing it and having somebody say oh okay yeah I understand I go through that too and even that empathetic ear, is a means to which you can be able to start a process of healing. I think the healing lies in, it's, it's, it's a community, it's something that, you know, without having a source, a direct source of us, uh, uh, you know, saying that this is the the right cause, it's, it's something that is a product of our community living. So to solve it too, if the community provides channels and outlets to be able to, let out what you feel, and have people also contribute. People who have gone through it contribute to helping you engage with it and deal with it. Then it gives you the right framework to be able to have a very balanced and you know, and very oriented lifestyle, and really deal with that situation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was a very. I mean. Yeah, there's, there's so much going on with, within those issues. Do you actually have one more time, time for one more question? Yes. So I think yes, there's, there's one yes, that I'd love to ask yes, that would go really yes. well. Um, OK, so in a recent survey by the Music Distributor Record Union, yeah. they reported that 73% of musicians are diagnosed with a mental I- illness. Yeah. That's 7 out of 10. Does this surprise you? Um, what are your thoughts?
1: Um, you know, I think that musicians are going through a lot. First of all, you know you don't. You, when you live in a generation where everything that you learned and lived for, and you know your means of livelihood, there's really uh, a disruption of that model, and you're living in an era when the model is figuring itself out. So when it does that, you know there's certain old, classic musicians who are established who already will be. Alienated from what, you know, it's almost like when MP3 came in, you know, disruption of the industry. So all the musicians who really had established careers based upon CDs and, you know, other styles of music, their livelihood was gone. You know, the, the, the only means you could, you could earn a living with your craft is true touring. And the touring thing too is very competitive you know there's so many it's very hard to you know so so musicians were dealing with a crisis of making a living out of their art at a time to when the whole world was falling apart and this really recent recently and an artist too we are very sensitive people you know because that's where art comes from it comes from sensitivity to be able to tap into an aspect of the community that is so sensitive and so far removed from everybody's feeling. You know, so you are sensitive at the same time to vulnerable. And that vulnerability allows you to, to be able to create the magic that you do. So when you everything that you confront with becomes magnified. You know, so an artist will sit down and things that are usually people will think it's like, you know, you know, water under a bridge, an artist will roll it in his mind in so many different ways because that's like the root of the art. You know, so your problems to become art. You know, and then in, in terms of really looking at it all these ways, it also puts you in terms of a mental, so your, your mental, emotional, and financial, uh, you know, orientation is all threatened because of the changes in the climate of what you know you were born to do. So it has, it, it, I think that a lot of people who don't have the right channels usually is the art that the music, the healing lies in getting deeper in the music and being creative. But I've had artistic, artist friends who've come to me. It's like, you know, I make the music, but I don't even have the channels. You know, I put out, I spent so much money. I put out the music and nobody's buying CDs anymore you know, the only means I can make music right now is for, you know, me to be streamed. And I'm streaming, I don't even know how to make the music. And if you're not an established touring musician, then your career might, might as well be over. So many of them now are having to move into and train, retrain themselves into other careers just to be able to make a livelihood. And I think all of that has contributed into a very stressful time for artists and i think that is what has also led to a spike in terms of mental and emotional problems in artists right now
0: awesome well, well thank you so much for these these answers it was a pleasure pleasure to have you thank you thank all you right? it's an honor thank to you be so here much. too all right
1: <laughs> thank you <Appreciate> <laughs>